Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Dr. Jeffrey Hornsby, the director of the Rainier Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at UMKC and chair of the Department of Entrepreneurship and Management at the UMKC Block School. Dr. Hornsby has authored seven books on entrepreneurship, innovation, and human resources, authored or co-authored 81 journal articles on those topics, and is the co-editor of the Journal of Small Business Management. Welcome, Dr. Hornsby. Thank you. Good to be here. The Rainier Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation is housed within the Henry W. Black School of Management there at UMKC. Why was the institute itself established? Well, the institute it was established over 11 years ago to really spur entrepreneurial growth and the entrepreneurial mindset across the UMKC campus and into the community. There was a lot of entrepreneurial activities going on. We have a sister organization, the UMKC Innovation Center, headed up by Maria Myers, who a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. And she was basically working in the community, doing a lot of different types of programs. And we were in the block school starting to launch entrepreneurship classes. And there was a big wave of that growth across the United States at universities. I came eight years ago. So the initial development of the uh, Rainier Institute, which used to be called the Institute for Entrepreneurship, happened before my time. Maria Myers was actually one of the instigators of the Institute, along with Patty Green, who went from UMKC on to Babson to teach and be an administrator in the entrepreneurship realm know both of those women very well and and really have done a lot to promote entrepreneurship here in Kansas City and across the country. One of the things that you said that I found very interesting just now is that to spread entrepreneurship, entrepreneurism across UMKC, and it's interdisciplinary, if I understand, if I'm picking up on that correctly, that you weave entrepreneurship into some of your other courses as well. Is that correct? We do. We have a full undergraduate complement of entrepreneurship courses. We call them emphases, not majors, but you can get an emphasis in entrepreneurship, an interest area in entrepreneurship, a minor in entrepreneurship. And we have in our MBA program, a four-course concentration in technology management and entrepreneurship. So those are the formal curriculum that we offer. And we get a lot of students outside the block school taking those classes. One of the reasons Seven years ago, we initiated our entrepreneurship classes online was to help the engineering students get access to our courses, and they became very popular with the engineering student. The other thing we do is our co-curricular activities. We have a, we call it First Wednesdays. It's our monthly speaker series where we bring in entrepreneurs from the greater Kansas City area to tell their story, sometimes national entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But we planted several seeds several years ago when we started what we call our cross-campus advisory board. We have two boards in the Rainier Institute, a advisory board of uh, very successful business and entrepreneurship individuals chaired by Ann St. Peter and Mary Block. But we also have a cross-campus faculty board that has been instrumental in allowing us to grow across campus. And some of the things we've just recently achieved is a new undergraduate certificate in arts entrepreneurship partnered with the Conservatory of Music. We're really proud of that. That rolls out this year. We also offer a minor in entrepreneurship at the Kansas City Art Institute in a partnership with the Block School and the Art Institute. It does sound as if you are cross-pollinating entrepreneurial thinking, not just entrepreneurship, but entrepreneurial thinking, so that even if you don't go on to become 
an entrepreneur who's launching businesses, you still bring that kind of mindset to whatever you're doing. Why is that so important? Business students are really good at implementation. They're really good at, you know, the financial calculations, the planning and launching. But from coming up with the technology or the product development and those types of things, business students aren't trained to do that. It's really important that we plant entrepreneurship across the campus, whether it's engineering, the arts, the medical school, pharmacy, where there's a lot of activity going on. One of the things we're fortunate to do this year, we just received a grant from the Kauffman Foundation and a major part of that grant was what we call the Innovation Grant Program, where we're able to take proposals from faculty and professional staff from across campus to work on entrepreneurial ideas. It could be product development. It could be a new program within their school or department. It could be a new course. And we just launched our first round of that and got 31 proposals that are being reviewed as we speak. It's incredible. We've got funding to do that for two years. And so we're real thrilled about that because we really do want to cross-pollinate. To your mindset question, that term is kind of used in many different ways But the idea is how do you think entrepreneurially in terms of opportunity recognition and then implementation? In in academic terms, we call that exploration and exploitation. So how do you explore and discover new things? And then how do you exploit it? And I mean that in a positive way in terms of turning it into a venture. And that mentality of looking and seeking for opportunities, seeking not only for ways to do major things and start new things, but also improve the things you're currently doing and to exploit that. That's the mindset. A lot of my research and writing is in the area of corporate entrepreneurship and innovation, and that's the MBA course I teach. We need more people with that mindset in our corporations, both public and private and public organizations and government. We need people looking for ways to do things differently, looking for new pathways. The history of the last 30, 40 years, companies that don't adapt die. Right. And those companies that really are good at adapting and coming up with new products and new pathways are the ones that are still around today. Yes, and things are moving so much faster. Every year, it seems like they move faster. So that ability to to adapt requires a faster response as well. So with all of these programs and the various approaches that you are using, do they serve as models for entrepreneurial education in other parts of the country? We were really pleased a few years ago. Our undergraduate program was named the Model Program for Entrepreneurship by the United States Association of Small Business and Entrepreneurship. We also get asked to give talks and work with universities across the country and helping them with their entrepreneurship programs. And we're always glad to do that. Our e-scholars program and the mentorship piece, that's what everybody is really hot on when they hear about our mentor program. They want us to help them. Developing and maintaining a, a mentor base as large as ours to serve in so many capacities because they not only mentor and coach our ventures in our programs. They serve as guest speakers. They serve as entrepreneurs and residents. So they keep office hours and any student or anybody can drop in and see them. They judge our competitions. They give a lot of their time, but to be able to keep them and keep them involved is a good network for our ventures is probably the the key thing that we do. And the thing that people key in the most when they look at our programs. I read recently 
that in the year since COVID had first emerged, there's been roughly a half million new businesses formed. So, so there's good news there. We, we keep reading about all the negative impacts on businesses, but still, that's below the annual average for business formation, that half million even. So how has COVID impacted entrepreneurship? Do you see it rebounding? I think there's a lot of different avenues you can go with that question. And obviously, COVID's been a major disruption. And that causes what we call necessity entrepreneurs, where, okay, I've lost my job and I'm getting unemployment. And I, I've always had this idea. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. That happens in every downturn and major disruption like this. Yeah. It does. Out of disruption usually comes innovation. Mm -hmm. I think that's where you're seeing some of that growth. In the hospitality and restaurant sector, not so much. That's a struggle. All you have to do is look around Brookside, Waldo, go down Main Street, even downtown. There's a lot of empty restaurant fronts, storefronts out there. And a lot of those restaurants had to make it, their leases came up to be renewed and you get assigned for a five-year lease. Other businesses are the same way. And in the middle of COVID, when it wasn't looking so good, they had to make some tough decisions there. Uh, then others, just you can't financially hold on for a year. And most small businesses are cash flowed businesses. Most small businesses, you know, they bring in funds, they pay their employees, and, and then there's a little left over for the owners to live on. And they're keeping it pretty close to the vest. It doesn't take much in terms of the disruption in business operations to take them down a path that can lead to closure. Yeah, it's the business version of living paycheck to paycheck for so many small businesses, yeah. Exactly, and the issue is, is how many of those can come back? It'll be interesting to see because commercial real estate is starting to struggle, especially in office space and retail space. Some of that was happening before COVID and just accelerated because of COVID. There'll be a lot of real estate out there available. Can be an opportunity for a startup that needs office space or retail space to get it at a really good price and at a better arrangement, a better deal in terms of time terms and and rent than they would have gotten, say, a year ago when things were bustling in Kansas City. So there'll be a lot of real estate available. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, new and innovative ways for people to exploit that opportunity of having real estate at a more reasonable price. You're a current board member of the Global Consortium of Entrepreneurship Centers and the U.S. Association of Small Business and Entrepreneurship, which you mentioned or referenced a little bit earlier. From your perspective, How do startup trends in the U.S. compare globally, both historically and currently with the impact of COVID? I can speak more expertly from the university side and what students are wanting to do. And there is a heightened interest in entrepreneurship by college students at all levels and students wanting to take a chance and do their own thing and and grow their own business. Probably 20 to 25% of the students that want to start a business really should be starting that business. We teach and we want them to practice and we want them to learn, but they just don't have the right idea or the right team. A good group of our students do, and they, they really work at it through their educational experience over the four years or so, and they launch and they do very well. What we want to do is build the competencies of our students so that when they have the right idea and the right team of people, they are ready to launch. And we see that by tracking our students. For university students, there's, and even in the high school, you can just look at Blue Valley Caps and Northland Caps. You see a lot of interest 
and entrepreneurial activity. And you also see a lot of interest in corporate entrepreneurship as well. We hit on that a little bit before, but we need our employees to learn how to think entrepreneurially, how to identify an opportunity, put that into a plan, convince senior management in the C-suite to invest in it and to deliver that, whether it spins off into a new business or becomes a new product line or whatever the innovation is, we need that drastically. Uh, and you're seeing a, a lot of interest in innovation and entrepreneurship at all different levels. In terms of the startup community, as you said, there's been a lot of startups out of coming out of the disruption, but it's lower than it has been. Part of that is, is COVID freezes people. If you were thinking about leaving your job and starting a venture, probably did not do it yet because you had the opportunity to keep earning an income. People aren't changing jobs as readily because of COVID. Until things kind of break loose a little bit more, then you'll see the job markets opening up. You'll see people leaving their jobs, starting ventures. The other issue that we see in uh, early stage entrepreneurship, from ideation to launch, we need to find more funding, especially in underserved populations, mm. for that entrepreneurial activity, you know, for proof of concept, product design and development and those types of activities. That's a, that's a big need. Some of that's been addressed with some programs, but Kansas City as a whole needs to continue to work on that. And most major cities need, need to do that more and more to really spur on entrepreneurship in the community. I know here in Kansas City, there, there is a large focus on it and that Casey SourceLink does an annual report on the state of funding for entrepreneurship in Kansas City. You know, another interesting trend that has been evolving is that changing student profile, the, that traditional student who's fresh out of high school, uh, puts in four years of study and then graduates around the ages 20, 21. And then, you know, they go off and, and start a career. We're not seeing so much of that anymore. I mean, it still exists, obviously, but we're starting to see that evolve. Talk to us about what you're witnessing now in terms of that student profile and what are the drivers and then what are also are the implications of that trend? I think one, you know, students are getting more specific in what they want to do. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this COVID disruption in terms of how many students jump right into a four-year university. And there's other trends too, because of the expense of going to university, there's people taking a year off to work, or going to junior college, the traditional, once you go to university, graduating and getting a job, why I'm very pleased, the block schools increased their placement rates dramatically since I've been here, which is always a good thing uh, that employers in the greater Kansas City community want, want to hire our students. Students are looking for more socially oriented activities to get involved in. We call it uh, social entrepreneurship, you know, entrepreneurship for the greater good. Right. Conscious capitalism. We have an organization that is run by Ben Williams and Aaron Blocker out of the Institute called Enactus. Enactus is a national, actually international organization that focuses in on social entrepreneurship. Our Enactus team came in second in the country last year. They work on social programming that has an entrepreneurial bent to it. And every Enactus chapter has to come up with three or four projects a year where they do uh, social ventures. When we look at our social entrepreneurship classes, when we look at the amount in our business plan and pitch competitions, the amount of social ventures that we're getting is increasing every year. We're well pleased by that. 
only good comes from that. You can have a great social venture that also makes money. How can Kansas City businesses work collaboratively with the Rainier Institute to create a better business environment, a stronger workforce, and ultimately a more vibrant Kansas City? That's another thing I've witnessed in my eight years at UMKC and Block School is the amount of partnerships that have been able to be built since I got here, not only to develop our new MBA program that rolled out a few years ago, but with the Rainier Institute. Our faculty are funded to teach courses. So we get money from tuition and there's state support there. We have to raise all our money, the soft money, to run our entrepreneurship programming that is non-tuition driven. So that's clearest path to help us is through supporting our programming. We're going to roll out with our first Wednesdays. We're going to start looking for sponsors of those speaking events that happen the first Wednesday of every month. We want to start a high school program. We're going to start looking for funders for that. Obviously, that serves the university in many ways. One, we get students turned on to entrepreneurship earlier. Mm-hmm. We get students interested in UMKC earlier. The idea is that if they start in a sense, practicing and doing entrepreneurship in high school, when we get them to college, they're, they're, a lot of them are really sharp. We've seen that with some of the CAP students we've had. That, that kind of support could be really helpful. But the other type is the more, it's not just treasure, it's time and talent as well that we can use. Our mentor base, you know, we, we lose probably 20 mentors a year for one reason or another, and we're constantly rebuilding that. And we're trying to build a mentor base that's more representative of the students and the people we serve. So we need, would love to have more female mentors, more people of color mentoring, and that have a skill set or an experience set that we could utilize to help our students. So that time would be invaluable to the Rainier Institute and the talent that they would bring with that. Another thing we're doing in the block school is a year from this summer in 2022, we'll be finishing the renovation of the block heritage hall, the older building right next to block executive hall, which was built about six years ago, seven years ago. And we're going to celebrate Henry Block's 100th birthday. Oh, that'll be fantastic. We want to celebrate Henry Block's version of entrepreneurship and his view on entrepreneurship at that time as well. It's so many good things going on there and so many ways to get involved, as you just described. Mm -hmm. For someone who would like to reach out to you or to the Rainier Institute because they're interested in some of the things that you've said today, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can reach out to me and they can reach out to Laura Moore is our program manager. She's the Elmer's glue of the unit. You can go on to the Rainier Institute website at UMKC and from there you can reach any of us. Our names and emails are all there. And we'd love to hear from you. And if people have ideas, thoughts, or any way they can support us, we would love to hear from them. If they're thinking about starting a venture, we're always glad to route you to the right pathway for what you're trying to do. UMKC.edu, go out there and you'll be able to search and and find Dr. Hornsby's name and and get in touch from there. You are doing such great things, building a future, building the next generation of business leaders. Thank you so much for all that you do, Dr. Hornsby, and we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Glad to be with you. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Dr. Jeff Hornsby for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. A decade ago, in 2011, 
Kansas City set a goal to become America's most entrepreneurial city. Truth be told, entrepreneurship is ingrained in Kansas City, dating back 200 years to 1821, when Francois Choteau established a trading post here. That entrepreneurial spirit has persisted throughout our history, and it's what will carry us into the future. As Jeff pointed out, you don't have to launch a venture to possess an entrepreneurial mindset. To think entrepreneurially means to seek out and recognize opportunities and then act upon them. Whether it's launching a new company, moving an existing company forward, or improving conditions within a community. Country Club Bank was founded with an entrepreneurial mindset and spirit. We understand the excitement that follows the birth of new ideas. And we understand and have experienced the hard work and happy fatigue that's part of bringing those ideas to life. In short, we understand entrepreneurs and we welcome the opportunity to discuss your entrepreneurial vision with you. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.